I haven't really woken up oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Special theatrical announcement from G-Kids Films. Follow Hayao Miyazaki, director of Spirited Away and My Neighbor Totoro, on a new venture into CGI animation in the documentary Neverending Man, Hayao Miyazaki. In 2013, Academy Award winning film director and animator Hayao Miyazaki suddenly announced his retirement at the age of 72, but he can't shake his burning desire to create. After an encounter with young CGI animators, Miyazaki encounters on a new project to utilise CGI for the first time ever, but the artist, who has been adamant about hand-drawn animation, confronts many challenges that threaten to cancel the film. Can an old master who thinks he's past his prime shine once again? The programme goes behind the scenes over two years as Miyazaki overcomes struggles to create his short film Borrow the Caterpillar using CGI. In US theatres for a special two-day event December 13th and 18th. Go to neverendingman.com to find a theatre near you. Well, hello there. Welcome to the AFA podcast, the official podcast of animationforadults.com. I am Chris and I am joined this week by Rachel. Hi, Rachel. Hey. And Dan. Hello, Dan. Hey. And Nina. Hey. <laughs> How's everyone doing? Good. It's getting really, it's getting a lot colder. It's, as they say in uh, Game of Thrones, winter has come. It has indeed. We yeah, are getting... We are getting quite, closer. It's quite brisk. To the end <laughs> of the year. And to Christmas, as they say. Um, <laughs> uh, but we, we've still got some animation news and stuff to take care of before we we get into seasonal stuff. And also before we get into our special anniversary of the podcast episode, uh, which will Yay! be on the subject of Prince Mononoke, which you've probably... If you've been listening to the podcast for a long time, you might be wanting for us to discuss. And we finally got around to it. Yes. Oh, I hope that I hope that recording goes well. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we will get around to it. Except I've already put it up on the Patreon, so that kind of spoils it. Um, so if uh, you're a patron, you might want to become you're, you know you'll be able to enjoy it. And if you haven't become a patron yet, you might consider wandering over to that Patreon button. And say, hmm, I might, might as well become a patron of AFA so I can listen to this awesome Princess Mononoke episode. I mean, it would be, it would help us out a lot. Mm, it certainly would, and um, it would also, you would also get it if you uh, make a Ko-Fi donation. So See? that's good. Two ways, yeah. two ways to do it. Two ways yep. to do it early. And ad free and stuff. Um, so yeah, we're going to be catching up with some news and some water cooler, which is what we call our section. What we watched and stuff and sometimes sometimes played and other other things but mainly watched <laughs> um a little combination of both yeah so what's been going on lately oh there was some sad news recently in the animation world um yeah uh, recently the news came out about um the sad passing away of steven hillenberg 
the creator of SpongeBob SquarePants. Oh my god! Yeah. What? Did you oh, not know? No. Oh, Chris, oh. this is this is the roommate. Oh. Yeah. 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 No, he, it's it's very sad. He was suffering from ALS, um, and oh, he god. passed away from it. Jeez. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really tragic. Um, but you know, immediately this week. The first, actually, do you know what? Coincidentally, last weekend, um, mm. we had some friends over, and you know when it's sort of just kind of awkward, and you don't really have anything to watch, explicit, like you know, turn the lights off and everyone pay attention to this. So mm. I just like turned on SpongeBob, the movie, yeah. <laughs> and it turns out that people hadn't seen it before, uh-huh. and it's still so funny. It's really a funny movie. It's so funny and so silly and like everything that um, animated films sort of were at that point, like Pixar sort of prestige, you know, it was just a fun cartoon movie. And um, yeah, I coincidentally, I only watched that last Sunday and then hearing the news this week, um, I just watched a bunch of old Spongebobs and it was, yeah, it was just incredibly uh, funny still. And that's the only thing I think I can say about it is just he he made a great show. He really did. That meant a lot to many, many people. and Almost an entire generation even. Pretty yeah, much and, an entire generation. Of, yes, and like he sort of revolutionized the way cartoons were made you know pretty much up until that point mm-hmm. they weren't so storyboard driven and that's why spongebob is so weird because it's just like gags everywhere and you know um as sad and as shocking as the news was it was very comforting to be able to um to deal with it by watching some spongebob yeah because we will always you know we'll always still have that piece of him even though he's not with us anymore we have what he left us and it, it, it is really something special. It's in a, in a silly way. It is still, like I said, it's a very silly, silly yeah. show. And as long as you're willing to embrace that about it, you know, you're going to have a great time. But it's very wholesome too, because if you think about a lot of the cartoons of that time, they were a bit cynical and a little mm-hmm. mean spirited. Whereas mm-hmm. like SpongeBob was such a positive character. Yeah. He was always like seeing the best side of people and he was always friendly and funny and making jokes and the humor itself is also very universal like there wasn't much in the way of like references or like right kinds of jokes that would go over kids heads like a lot of the jokes were just that things were very silly or very weird or there were aquatic jokes as well there were all sorts of jokes about like marine life yeah, yeah, I appreciated those very much. Yeah, because he's a he was a marine biologist. Yeah. I will never forget I think one of my favorite episodes of the show that I just thought was super duper funny. I think it was um, I forget what it was called, but it was an episode that had a butterfly in it. And um oh, I think yeah, yeah there's it, <laughs> you remember it. It was Yeah, where they, they make friends with the butterfly but they're like scared of it cuz Well, cuz it looked cuz when you get the close up of it like this really like realistic close-up of a butterfly it actually looks kind of terrifying and they all run away screaming and then sally's like comes out of her like underwater tree it's like what are y'all scared about and it's like sally 
stop. Like, save us from the thing. It's like, it's, it's just a butterfly. Yeah. I love Graveyard Shift. The episode is so perfect and funny. <laughs> Where, um, Mr. Krabs makes them work 24 hours a day. Oh, God. <laughs> Oh, man. Jeez. Uh, yeah, there's, like, you, you could just list off a bunch of either episode titles or just things you remember from specific episodes that just, like, they stick with you. Because, like, mm-hmm. if, even if, like, regardless of where you are, it's, like, you'll, you'll those things, like, it'll, it's memorable enough that you'll be able to just, like, oh, yeah. Like, I remember this was, you know, I came to me at a really good time. And, it, like, it depends on, A, the time that you watched it, perhaps. Like, if you were, it was the right time for you to watch it. Or just if you like really needed like a, a lift. And it was just a big show. I mean, it was insanely popular and it appealed to like all audiences, mm-hmm. you know, adults and children. Like not since like The Simpsons was there like a cartoon like this that was just so ubiquitous and like everybody watched it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think what happened was like it sort of it started off being a kid show and then lots of adults started going, Do you know what? I really like SpongeBob. And it was sort of <laughs> this like This is actually pretty funny. <laughs> Yeah, it was like they everyone sort of like admitted that it was good, and then, yeah, I mean, I I I love SpongeBob. Chris, do you have any uh, anything to say about? Don't re- not really, because I haven't really watched SpongeBob. To be honest with you, I've sure. I've I've only seen the movie, which I did enjoy. Mm-hmm. Um, but to be honest, like when it was on, it was yeah. a, it. It was on like you'd only see it in the UK, I guess, when it, if you had satellite or cable, mm-hmm. uh, at least for a long time. Um, so I didn't watch it, mm-hmm. and uh, I I don't know that necessarily what I saw of it. So I, the you internet know, must be really confusing for you with all those SpongeBob memes. Four hours later, Are you just like completely lost all the time. Poor Chris. It's just, it, a lot of the internet's like that, to be honest. I, I, <laughs> I mean, it's it's full of... A, I mean, there's a lot of Americans about going about things that I don't understand quite a lot. But, you know, we we, we do do the same thing. We, uh, we make a complete... It's America's world. We just live in it. <laughs> yeah. But, but, but then we'll make some reference to small and far away or something. Or... Um, uh yeah yeah and See, like, I, I call that we're just we're just alienating yeah <laughs> yeah i i don't ha- yeah oh, obviously i am um, i've only really seen the movie uh i did enjoy it it was a it, it was a good david hasselhoff cameo um, <laughs> it was I think, bizarre i i think the thing about the, uh, the news for me is like it's very sad because um, Hillenburg himself wasn't like a. He was he he was unbelievably rich from the success of SpongeBob, and but the thing is, he wasn't actually a very public, um, like celebrity animator. The likes of which, you know, you have a bit more nowadays with cartoon yeah. showrunners. Right. And um, because I he think, left the show, and then he wasn't really working in animation anymore. No, because he was he, he was stinking rich. <laughs> But I, I think that's kind of what happened, and um, yeah, all of my uh, thoughts about him are very vague, and it's all about his, you know, what him and his team made, really. So, uh, 
Yeah, yeah he was always kind of a co- more quiet, understated person. Yeah. You know, like he had like quotes here and there talking about the show, but he he was pretty, you know, kept to himself for the most part and just did the work and wasn't like this big bombastic personality. No. And everything that I've read about him from people who worked with him said that, you know, he was just the nicest, most like considerate person to work for, you know, because he wasn't, he didn't have this crazy ego that, you know, some people in the industry can have and so he, he was just no i don't think you can make spongebob with with an ego no i i don't think so but you'd think he could because you know he made spongebob like spongebob yeah. was like the biggest cartoon and like a, a lot of people didn't even know his name when the announcement came out and they're like oh <laughs> i didn't know who that guy was but i know spongebob mm. Mm. I, d- I don't think i'd heard his name until he got uh, an award at annie and i was like oh that's the guy crazy SpongeBob, is it? I didn't know that. Um, yeah. Then... So I guess that's um, that's that's kind of all we all we can really say about it. Yeah. yeah. Sad news. Sad news. But but there was been an absolute like um, outpouring of love online, which is yeah. good to see. So. Yeah, of course. Are you ready, kids? Aye aye, Captain. I can't hear you. Aye aye, Captain. Oh. <laughs> And a pineapple under the sea. SpongeBob SquarePants. and yellow and porous is he. SpongeBob If nautical nonsense be something you wish. Then drop on the deck and flop like a fish. Ready? SpongeBob SquarePants. SpongeBob SquarePants. SpongeBob SquarePants. SpongeBob SquarePants. So, anything else? Yes. Uh, there there has been a... We're getting into awards season now, uh, seeing as we're getting yeah. to the end of the year. So, um, the, um, the big one, as far as animation is concerned, is the Annie Awards. Yeah. The uh, for Hollywood's animation awards that happen every year over in Hollywood. Um, and they have named their nominees for this year for the 46th Annie Awards. And right. we're not going to go through all of them because that would take forever. Um, yes, there's quite could, a lot. You can check out them in the show notes, but we'll just uh, go through some highlights. Um, uh, the Well, I'll go through the best animated feature, um, which is obviously Pixar's Incredibles 2. No real surprise there. Nope. Uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet. Mm-hmm. Early Man from Ardman. Yes. Wes Anderson's Isle of Dogs and Sony's... Up- Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse. Which isn't even out yet, but, people, but I, the hype for this film is already crazy. Like, um, I, my brother and his girlfriend just got back from a, a convention not too far away from us. It's a small one, to be fair. But apparently there were a lot of Spider-Man cosplayer, cosplayers running around and doing silly things. So it's just like, you know what? I think people are excited for this film to come out. Yeah. It- I am so excited. <laughs> All of my friends have already seen it because they're all in the industry <laughs> and they've got exclusive oh. passes or they yeah. like lucked out with tickets and I haven't seen it and I want to see it so bad. Yeah, I, I will be there day of. Like, work be darned, I'm going to be there. Excuse me, I can't come in to work today. Well, I, uh, uh, Spider-Man, I mean, I'm sick. <laughs> it's 
spider ham. <laughs> I've got a case of the spider ham. <laughs> um, there is also the best animated feature independent, and the nominations are Mutafukas or Mutafukas M V K Z Z, as you say. Um, Mirai. Yes. Yay. Tito <laughs> and the birds. This magnificent cake. Or um. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I went with the English title because it's brilliant. Yeah, uh, and uh, Ruben Brandt Collector, which mm. I have heard of, but don't know too much about. I know it's screened at animation is film, um, look this year. Um, so oh, it's the director of um, oh, the tableau of um, the painting. Oh, I haven't seen that either, but okay. I have. Um, interesting. Great to see Mirai there. I would say that's the one. Having mm-hmm. not seen any of the others apart from Mutafuka's, I am, I am uh, pumping for Mirai just because I am. Sorry, it's, it's, it's not anything to do with that guy who did the painting. <laughs> <laughs> I know Mirai was also nominated for a Golden Globe too. Yes, that's it's true. Yes, first time and anime feature has ever been nominated in their best um, animated uh, feature or as they call it best best picture animated which I quite like because it makes it sound a bit more impressive I think Um, as we're there yeah the nominees for the Golden Globes for that category are well very similar to the um, Annie's ones it's Incredibles right. 2, Ralph Breaks the Internet, Island Dogs, Spider-Verse, and Mirai. So yeah, take, a bit of a trend. Just take out Early Man, and there you are. Um, I guess it just depends on how many spaces you've got. Um, mm-hmm. over. Um, okay, Island Dogs is also nominated for Best Score at Golden Globes. Okay. For someone with a great name, Alexandra Dusplat. That's Ooh. a great name. I love that. That one. Yeah, that's that's good. Yeah. Anyway, um, back to the Annies. Um, yeah, Pixar and Disney have got the most nominations, of course. Incredibles 2 got 11 nominations. Uh, Ralph mm-hmm. Breaks the Internet has got 10. Um, mm-hmm. Early Man and Spider-Man. <laughs> that would make sense. Like Early Man is a superhero <laughs> as well. Uh, I'd say he is. He's a, he's a football superhero. Early man, early, early man, man, does whatever early man can. Hey, man does. <laughs> uh, they've got uh, seven nominations each, um, and Isla Dog's got four nominations, and Mariah has got two because uh, it got um, best independent feature and also uh, screenplay. All right, writing. And uh, Netflix has also done well, like in the TV categories and. Uh, also, uh, it's got 26 nominations, including multiple nominations for Hilda. Hooray! Good! Hooray. Uh, Big Mouth, and also there, there's a Netflix animated feature called Next Gen that's got several nominations. Hmm. So, is, isn't this also the first year for um, VR nominations as well? Yes. Oh. Um, I don't really know much about them, although I was listening to... Um, a recent episode of the Squiggly podcast where they talked to uh, the guy who was behind 
Age of Sail, which is a Google Spotlight story one that is nominated there. Okay, that, I, I think that's really cool that they're, you know, considering that this, of this, uh, this is the big animation award ceremony or yearly awards that they're making, they're making space for VR because it's, that kind of gives you an idea just how quickly the VR scene is uh, developing. We'll have yeah. to ask Yvonne what her input is on the nominations because <laughs> she's probably familiar with them. Most likely. <laughs> Um, interestingly, the this is apparently the first year that there's been a partnership with several animation festivals around the world, including uh, um, Annecy and I think uh, one in Japan, uh, Hiroshima Animation Festival. Um, that means that there is a wider um, variety of short films that have been nominated because there's... Um, like only one of the one that's been nominated is is like from a studio. All the others are independent and international, um, which is a bit of a change for any the Annie Awards, which do tend to be very much American focused. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's good. Yeah, more more diversity in there. So if you want to check out the full list of nominations, we'll ship spit. Uh, We'll stick the link in the show notes. We also talked a little about the Golden Globes already. Was there, um, I think there was another animation or was another award ceremony coming up soon. I'm trying to remember. There was one that took place. Uh, oh, there's one, yeah, it already happened. Just happened this weekend as we're recording, and that is the Emil Awards or the European Animation Awards that took place in Lille in France. And... Um, the uh, big winner in the film categories was the breadwinner. Yay! That, that, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it, um, it got like the awards for um, uh, best direction in the feature, best um, storyboarding, best character animation, and best background and design. And is that it? Uh, <laughs> um, That's already a lot of nominations. Yep, uh, Funan got the award for writing in a feature, um, and a Cartoon Network um, ser- uh, series of shorts called "The Heroic Quest of the Valiant Prince Ivando" um, got the most awards overall. Huh. I have actually not checked that out. I'm surprised. I, I'm, I'm I typically watch Cartoon Network when I have nothing else, you know, going on. So I'm surprised I haven't happened across this yet. Well, I think this might be like the shorts, like the online shorts rather than necessarily oh. having aired. I don't know. Mm-hmm. It's a series of 10 three-minute shorts. Hmm. And it's um uh, from it's a co-production between Denmark and the UK. Huh. So that might be why you haven't seen it yet. Okay, that's fair. But that's interesting and makes you want to check it out. Cause, um, yes, it does. Obviously, um, a lot of animation people are impressed by it. So, it's all I need. Mm-hmm. So yeah, um, again, you can check out the full list of nominations in the show notes. Okay. Uh, moving on to our friends over at Netflix, who keep appearing in our new session because they They're can't very stop. Bees. They're very busy bees over there at Netflix. Um. They have made a big announcement anime-wise in that they have picked up 
the global streaming rights to Neon Genesis Evangelion. Evangelion, or however you say it. I'm very excited about this because I've actually never seen (gasps) all the way through because I, I don't know. I just, I would like, I've seen a little bit here and there, but like I've never actually watched the whole thing because I've never bought the DVD set. It wasn't like on any, like I I wanted to watch it like last year because I was like, you know, I really need to watch this show. But then I realized it wasn't on any streaming anywhere. And I was like, well, (laughs) Yeah. Well, this solves that. Right. Solves, this solves that problem now. You you are very much not alone. There's lots of people who will be in the same situation because it's been out of print like in the US for like probably about ten years. So yeah, it, I had no idea, but it makes sense. Which is um, which is crazy. Probably why I hadn't seen it up until this point. Because uh, basically, um, it it's been out of print since AD Vision went um, sort of out of business even though they kind of didn't go out of business they just became sentai film works but they're a totally different company honest um it's one of the um it's basically the equivalent of like someone walking out the room and then coming back with a hat on and a fake mustache and claiming <laughs> to be their own brother or something that's that's kind of what they did but yeah evangelion has been out of print since then um and also you would have thought it would have been re-released by now. So it pretty much heavily implies that the Japanese distributors were asking an awful lot of money for it. And I guess so. I mean, Netflix has a lot of money. Definitely could have uh, done that because it is Ava. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, if yeah, if we're talking about having a hell of a year, Netflix has had one, at least in terms of animated content, Netflix has indeed had a hell of a year with all this everything that they have coming. I'm sure, I know you guys already talked about that um, a bit when, like, we had a podcast episode focused on that, I believe, but it's just, like, this... No, it's still relevant. So it's it's nuts. Still I mean, they, it's they, nuts. They, they made true on their promise, you know, yeah. like, with emphasizing the animation, and they really, really did. The really cool thing about this is that usually... You know, the problem with, like, uh, at the moment, lots of remakes happening... It's people saying things like, oh, the original will still be there, blah, 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 blah. But it kind of, it dampens, um, it does dampen the original when you mm. have a remake. And just because of exposure. And the really cool thing about this is that it's a pretty old series that they've bought and are hyping up again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I really, I mean, I really like that. I mean, especially with like, I, it's it's not as related, but you know, with something like um, Filmstruck, what happened with that a couple months ago? Yeah. Um, suddenly, Warner Brothers decided they weren't interested in publicly uh, making their archive available, you know, handily. Um, it's the opposite of that, where it's like, no, let's, and it's a world and a worldwide de- a worldwide deal is huge. So mm-hmm. I think it's great that more people are going to be able to see it. Um, yeah, it, it's pretty much only a good thing. And it's not only the 26-episode original TV series, but it also includes the original movies, Death and Rebirth and the, event, the end of Evangelion, which I would right. say, <laughs> I would say uh, if people have seen Devil Man Cry Baby, they're ready for. Um, oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It's a similar I, I 
I've read very much about that movie. I'm excited <laughs> to finally see it. It's very good. It, yeah, it's got a famous. Opening. I'm not sure if I can go through say? Devil May Cry movie again. I'm not sure I'm ready for that. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's. I think even going on to my favorite anime series. Really? Uh, so yeah. So it's exciting and. Um, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just a great show. Robin yeah. Robin Williams is really fond of it, actually. Interesting. Oh yeah, he's a big, big nerd. He's a weeb, and he <laughs> um, he actually put an Evangelion doll in the movie One Hour Photo. Really? Like in a, like, there's a kid in it who like who wants a cool robot toy, and it just so happens to be like in an an Ava. Oh my god! Yeah, it's. <laughs> the obsession, I think, was quite, yeah, extreme. <laughs> it's funny though when when you uh, see this see this series and what it's actually like to think that it's become like this huge merchandising behemoth in Japan. Yeah, because it, from what I've read about the history of it, it was <laughs> the fact that it turned out the way it was was really just a matter of circumstance. Kind of, there yeah. Was a I'm... lot of factors working <laughs> against it, and a lot of crazy stuff happening behind the scenes and it's a very personal and fans got crazy and writing on the walls of the studio with death threats jeez oh, yeah, we, but... we, we, we gotta cover that next year yeah, yeah. It's, a yeah. Saga. it's a saga in itself and I, I will also admit I think if that's the case I have not really I've only seen like like the first couple episodes of even guys. So I haven't seen it all the way through either. So this will be an experience for me too. But it'll be, like I said, when you were comparing it to devil men cry baby in terms of the ending, I'm just like, Oh man, it would be almost exactly that because I had, again, much like devil man cry baby. I had little, to, uh, barely any familiarity with the Evangelion other than I recall my brother getting the VHS tapes way back when, and then basically him watching it. And then I was like, Hey Michael, what are you watching? He's like, don't watch it, Rachel. <laughs> <laughs> You are not ready for this yet. And I'm like, I'm I'm in middle school. Of course I'm ready for this. It's like, no, you are not ready for this yet. Rachel, perfect for middle school. We weren't ready for it. <laughs> like my brother well, normally is very chill about me doing certain things, but there 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 was a time and that was that one of those particular moments where he's like, Okay, you're not ready for this, Rachel. Or just basically it's just like I could tell he was he had seen something in it that would really rock me to my core at the time. So he basically was like, uh uh-uh. Not just yet. I mean, it, it was probably the fact that it was, you know, the redhead and the, you know, the cute girl. <laughs> Saying stuff that I have no context for, but yes. Maybe. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm sure. But no, yeah, that'll, that'll be fun to do next year. So that's that's a goal. Watch Evangelion. I, I, I had a feeling you hadn't seen it. I thought you'd mentioned it before. So I thought when the news came up, I was thinking, well, we're doing that next year. That's pretty Oh, yeah, I, don't think, I don't think Rachel's seen it. So that, no, I that have makes, not. And if we've got two people who haven't seen it, that's going to make for an in, interesting, if we're all on it, it's going to be an interesting conversation. I we'll think have, so too. That's going to be we'll have, pretty fun. We'll have two people yeah. who are very familiar with it, two people who I are mean, new to I've, it. <laughs> I've had pretty much all of it spoiled for me at this point because it's such an important anime, but it is different experiencing it for yourself, for sure. That is for, yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. It's definitely enjoyable to watch. Like the, I thing, like I, the, the thing that I don't know if it really comes across about it, like especially in that Netflix trailer, is the fact that half of it is basically a sitcom. <laughs> <laughs> I 
yeah, yeah. we're not going to go into it any further. Yeah, well, let's save that for the actual episode where we can talk mm-hmm. about it. But um, that is really cool that it is coming to Netflix. Uh, so it'll yeah. make it a lot easier to find and watch. All we know is spring next year. So, yep. Maybe March, April, May sort of time. Um, we'll see. We should see. One of those. Those are the spring months. Yep. <laughs> Okay. I think I, I think I saw actually someone from like New Zealand saying, "Oh, what spring? Spring's uh, yeah. July for me." But I think they just mean quarter quarter one. Yeah. To be businessy about it. Yeah. They have to release all the trailers for Australia and New Zealand with the yeah. with the um, with the uh, the uh, season swapped. <laughs> Go. This summer, here comes the Polar Express Chronicles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, also the other big story from Netflix, anime related, but also kind of not, is if you listen to our episode about Cowboy Bebop, uh, we mentioned about the attempts to bring it to live action, and you may have heard us. Uh, mentioned that last thing we heard they were talking about a live action TV series rather than a movie. Well, that project is still alive and it's happening at Netflix. Oh boy. We're being produced by Tomorrow Studios who um, are apparently a, a co-owned by ITV who is the UK Does that mean Netflix is going to be showing the original show as well? It's actually on Netflix UK, and it has been for ages. Well, I did read it's about to expire on New Year's Day, but no, it might not do because they just have expiry dates, and then they often get renewed. So they do that with Rick and Morty, don't they? That that's been that's they keep coming up, and then they renew it, and or they appear disappear for a few days and then reappear. It's really weird. Yeah. Um, how do we feel about this this one? This is kind of the opposite of the um, thing. I feel like it would be weird. I feel like it would be weird not having the, the cartoon on Netflix too because like I think about like mm. the Death Note Netflix series, they also had the anime and having the live action movie come out like increased interest in the anime and that got a lot of views for mm-hmm. this like I mean, I feel like it was like this inevitable thing that people have been working on for a long time. I really don't know what it's going to be like, but I don't, I feel like of all anime, like, I guess you can make Cowboy Bebop live action pretty not so poorly. Like, you, you won't be losing too, too much, I guess. It just um, kind of. I mean, I try to think positive because it's like, like, I'm just hoping that it's just going to regain, like, re spark interest in the series again. Yeah, same. You know? And, and, and encourage people to like check out the original show or like wonder about bebop and be like what's this bebop thing and then like <laughs> you know people will like know what bebop is who yeah. might not originally have known what it is bring it to the mainstream netflix crowd not necessarily the mainstream anime crowd but the, which is why i think it. it's it's two one step forward and two steps back with like buying evangelion like pumping it as like a big acquisition like a mainstream acquisition kind of you know trying to get people to watch it who who 
you know, because it, it seems like Netflix's thing is trying to get people to broaden their horizons a little bit. And I don't know, this, I, I, I'm trying not to be too cynical. I know, thing, it's hard, especially after couple, what happened with Death Note, I know. Well, exactly, and right. it just smacks me of the thing of like, oh, this is good, and it's and uh, this would be much better though if it was proper. Yeah. And it's like, there's, there's, there's exactly the right amount of artistry, drama, um, you know, cinematic uh, ambition in the original series that you don't need to remake it. Mm-mm. And I just, it smacks me of that patronizing thing of, oh, this would be great, but, oh, but what if it was like real people? And what if it was made by Americans instead of foreigners, right? I, I guess, yeah. That's their other thinking, probably. I, I, like do, think that, that, like, I do think that the series itself is it. one of those things, which is so much about how it was done. Because yeah. on the surface, I don't think it's actually that interesting a premise. It's not unique. No. But the, way, but the way they did it and the style with which they did it, the soundtrack and the designs is part of why I think it's popular. And it's, yeah. Unless they get the seatbelts back together to do the music, I'm. Yeah, I was gonna it's, say it's not gonna. Get, it's not gonna. It's not gonna have that same feel. It's not gonna have that same style that made the original. So like. Yeah, just, like if they have to redo the music and like. I don't know. Yeah, I, I I don't know, and we don't even know who's gonna play who or yeah. Are they gonna adapt the whole show? Like, are they just gonna recreate episodes? Are they gonna do new material? Like, what are they doing? Like, I, yeah. I, I really don't know. It's still too early. It sounds like they don't know what they're doing. <laughs> it sounds like they probably got hold of a project that they were trying to get done for a long time. Mm. And now that they actually have the green light to do it, that's like, okay, what are we doing, guys? I don't know. Let's let's uh, figure something out real quick because we only have like so many, you know, so long to get this thing out before you know they they pull the plug on us. Yeah, well, it's just, I I I'm I wouldn't be surprised if it turned out very similar to Death Note, where it's sort uh. of an adaptation that pleases nobody, but you know, which which tries to keep everyone happy, but actually. You know, pisses everyone off. What do you mean it pleased no one? Because they're doing a sequel, so it must have pleased loads of people. Oh, does it really? Is I mean, it really? People watched it because of... <laughs> that that movie. I was obsessed with that movie for a while because I was just <laughs> trying to wrap my brain around it. Frankly, <laughs> yeah. How did they? How did they see the anime and then get here? I didn't get through it. Me neither. Right? Maybe Netflix is thinking like, "Hey, we could do things that people really hate as well, and they'll still watch it." Hate, hate it's honestly true. Like, people watch a lot of things that are bad on purpose. Like I went to go mm. see Venom last weekend, knowing it was bad, and I had a good time. Well, sometimes you just want to watch a bad movie, just because you've. I mean, and with Netflix, there's no harm, no foul. It's like, oh, well, great. I I didn't waste, you know, ten dollars on a ticket. Mhm. Yeah, exactly. There's also I, I, tickets aren't that much, are they? <laughs> They're close to it. I think some like some theaters in this area are like it's like eleven, twelve dollars. That's pretty good. All things considered, yeah. Compared to yeah, well, I mean, in anyway. the city, it's like fifteen, twenty dollars for movie tickets. Yeah. In, yeah, in our city, twenty. I told you, like, to watch Wreck It Ralph last week was twenty pounds. And it depends on the theater. Like, if you go to like a really cheapo theater, you might be able to get it for fifteen. But like, 
Yeah. <laughs> movies are expensive. I, I that's why I don't go to the movies <laughs> anymore. It's too expensive. And I don't like going to the crowd. You know, you never know how people are going to behave. And like, I've spent like 20 bucks to be here and then everyone's talking and there's children. And it's just mm. not worth it. <laughs> anyway. All right. Netflix have also announced plans to create animated adaptations based on the work of beloved British children's author, Roald Dahl. Um, they, are par- cool. they are creating, uh, they, they are um describing them as event series i think i believe um hmm. and they are it's it's kind of interesting it sounds like they're not necessarily doing straight adaptations or they might do straight adaptations but also they're sort of trying to connect them into like a, a dialy verse i suppose i just realized that this is possibly do you think demographic-wise it has anything to do with um, a series of unfortunate events? Because that's ending um, hmm. in January, yeah, isn't I it? I can see the parallel for sure. And that, I think that was quite successful for Netflix, even though it was, even though it's ending. Yeah, I mean, like the nostalgia factor, definitely. Like a lot of people. I mean, I did. I was. I watched it. Because I grew up with those books. Um, yeah, and I think the same. I think just because Dahl's been around for longer, it's yeah, for sure. The nostalgia bank, you know, you're writing off there is huge. Yeah, and he's popular around the world as well. His yeah. books, um, and obviously, there's a lot of things that have never been adapted. Cause yeah, a lot of stuff. They, the like the estate and everything have been quite protective. Um, I think, like. In I think was it the anniversary like his, I mean his centenary was a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. and the only adaptations they allowed were the BFG because it was Steven Spielberg, and um, the uh, Revolting Rhymes TV special over in the UK. Um, so they're quite protective. So there's going to be a lot of stuff you've never seen before, as well as you know the BFG, Matilda, and Charlie and the Chocolate Factory we've seen before, um, right. but a new take. Um, what I'm interested in is I hope, you know, they're, if they're either going to be produced in the UK or they're at least getting lots of British people involved because it's, it's our thing. <laughs> it's, I don't want it, you know, Americanized basically. Um, I, and I, I, I also wonder, like, what animation style it'll be doing because um the we've the the um revolting rhyme stuff was really well done it was a cg animation done by magic light pictures and that was good um if it was done similar to that i'd be happy i'd love it if it was stop motion that'd be amazing um but i don't know any feelings on this anyone i i'm i'm kind of indifferent really like I need to see like a visual or something like yeah, same. just the idea of it. It's like, I don't think that's an inherently a bad idea, but it I really depends on how they're going to do it, what it's going to look like, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm very much the same way. It's like, I, you know, it's because I mean, yes. Well, I mean, there have been a, a bunch of film adaptations for 
Roald Dahl um, <laughs> stories. Fantastic Mr. Fox was pretty good. Fantastic Mr. Fox. And I mean, oh, there's I didn't some... even think of that one. It's like the best one. <laughs> but it also, it was good because of how it deviated. Because the book is pretty simple stuff. And the movie built on so much of what was in the book. Um, and the same with like something like Matilda. Yeah, Matilda. Like really built upon what was on the book. And even actually um, Tim Burton's Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. Uh, so it's not... <laughs> it's, it's, sorry, I just felt all the air rush out of the room when I mentioned that. Film. Yeah. <laughs> like that movie. It's... it's interesting i can't say it's my favorite my favorite adaptation um of that story but it was it was unique mm-hmm. you know. <laughs> anyways I, am, I, am, I basically i'm i'm you can say i'm right down the middle i'm i'm waiting to see some visual references first and then make a decision of like is this a good thing or is like this not a good it's thing? Just an announcement and they don't really seem to know it seemed like they just sort of went uh uh, we made the acquisition, so we have to make an announcement. Come on, what, what, what are we going to do with it? Uh, I guess there might be films. Uh, not not films. Uh, s- series, s- universe streaming thing. And they just sort of went, yeah, we got it. <laughs> um, yeah, we'll find out what it is later. Waited to like actually give us something to look at. Before yeah, mm-hmm. I, I like the sound of there being um, adaptations of the things that haven't been adapted like yeah I really like the shorter stories like George's Marvelous Medicine yeah, a lot of those I'm not familiar with to be honest the 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 hung what was it called the enormous crocodile he's he's written the so witches many. of Inkland <laughs> sorry the witches of Inkland was that that was Rodol is that what it's called in America the witches the witches yeah, the, the, yeah. the bad witches. Okay. I think that is my favorite Roald Dahl movie. That movie is so. Oh, the first, I actually have not seen the movie about the. the oh, it's amazing! Scene. It was um, Angelica Houston hmm? is like the Grand High Witch, and she's just perfect. Oh wow! Okay, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll add that to my list of stuff to watch. It's really creepy as well. It's like an actual. Yeah, it was directed by the guy who directed, um, Don't Look Now. Oh, oh. He's a horror director, and they went, oh, "Can you make this Roald Dahl movie?" And he's like, "Oh, great!" For, for what? <laughs> horror? And they're like, "No, it has to be for kids, kind of." And they made him cut a lot of freaky stuff. Apparently, <laughs> that doesn't surprise yeah. me. Mm. But anyways, yeah, um, Roald Dahl stuff <laughs> for Netflix. Cool. It's not all about Netflix, though. There are other people making programs still. You might no, not know. Mean. Yeah, you know, I know it's hard to believe, um, but somebody. Where are we? <laughs> in fact, Crunchyroll, the anime streamer, is co-producing with Adult Swim a a animated series based in the Blade Runner universe. Oh ho! Called Blade Runner Black Lotus. Hmm. That will be set between the two films. Oh, it's 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 a bridging between the first and the second film, pretty much. Yeah, and may feature familiar characters from their films. Okay. Um, it is. Nice. Yeah, it is being. It's one of these things. They're calling it an anime, um, but it's actually you know it's co-production. Um, mm-hmm. It 
the people behind it are um, Shinji Aramaki and Kenji Kamiyama, um, Japanese directors. Um, Kenji Kamiyama is a director of like Ghost of Shell Standalone Complex, and I think he directed um, Napping, Prin- Napping Princess. Oh! Uh, and Shinji Aramaki's done a load of CG stuff, like um, those Appleseed movies and the space pirate Captain Harlock that's on Netflix or was on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Um, and Shinji Chara Watanabe from Cowboy Bebop is a creative producer. Oh! And it's being produced by Solar Digital Arts in Tokyo, huh. um, who mainly do sort of f- uh, 3D CGI, but apparently they also worked on the animated short, Blade Runner short, that came out um, before uh, the new movie came out okay. for um, Blade Runner 2049, the Blade Runner short called Blackout 2022, that was directed by Watanabe and was yeah. very good. Yeah. So basically what we're saying is, if it's like that, then it'll be cool. <laughs> yes, yes. If, if it's running along the same lines, which I would be surprised if it has the same director of that as a creative producer, I imagine they're trying to keep some things connected. But yeah, that's, that sounds really cool. I'd be, I have to yeah. rewatch the, the Blade Runner, uh, the Blade Runner short to kind of get me back in the spirit of the, that verse, that dystopian robot verse that I need to just, and right. Yeah, it's been a while since we've had a cyberpunk anime. Um, you know, a proper one, and a proper one, yeah. Even though what's, anime, what's was... weird about this is like Blade Runner was so long ago; it directly inspired like Ghost in the Shell mm-hmm. and and Akira and things that you know are now like anime staples. So it's it's it. it in terms of its DNA, it makes sense. You've got to think, though, if it's Crunchyroll and it's Adult Swim, they've got to know that it would probably be better received if it was 2D. <laughs> you would hope. You would hope. Oh, it's 3D? It... No, we don't know. Oh, okay. We don't know anything about that. No. <laughs> but there are people who are involved in the project who have experience with uh, 3D animation. Yeah, so, so. I mean, there might be some. I mean, most anime these days has some now. Yeah, but I had some. Clearly, had some three D animation in there, but it was it was done well enough that you really didn't, unless you were really looking for it, you didn't pick up on it too bad. Because um, Netflix have just announced uh, a new or um, announced the release details of a new Ghost in the Shell three D CG coming, um, which is Sinjiro Murky doing. So, and there's been a lot of negative reaction for fans because a lot of anime fans are like, no, no CG, no, no CG, <laughs> which is, yeah. I mean, we haven't had too many good, I mean, we, we had, what was it? The, um, oh, what's it called? Wait, are you, Land of the Lustrous, Land of the Lustrous. Yeah, Land of the Lustrous was, did, did it pretty well, but then we have like the Berserk anime. <laughs> Yeah, like Land of the Lustrous is the best example of uh, CG or like animation, or whatever. And then Berserk is like the the worst, like the the best and the worst. Land of the Lustrous is the top. Berserk is the lowest rung on the the ladder, the CG ladder, CG anime ladder. <laughs> but we don't know that this is going to be three D or two D. Oh. We just don't know. 
just we'll have to wait and, as more information comes out. But um, it it's intriguing, and I'm interested to see what comes of it. So that will do us for news for today, and that will probably be our last news discussion on the podcast this year. So well done, guys! You got through it. Yes. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> lots of awards, lots of different, like, lots of awards and lots of Netflix, but Netflix, just, just, just leave that alone, because that's that's way too much to cover in one episode. As for all this hype, Netflix, they better deliver. Mm-hmm. Better Certainly. be some of the yeah, best, sure. <laughs> the best animated content. Mm-hmm. Oh, time so, to head over to what's cooler. All righty. So who wants to go first this week for sharing? I will. Um, uh, One thing I got to watch recently was not specifically an animated program, but a program about animation. And that that was a documentary that aired on BBC4 in the UK called The Secrets of British Animation. And it was a a good documentary. It was like a a very quick um, history of British animation. Um, obviously, it was only an hour, so it couldn't cover too much in depth. Um, but it, it, yeah, it was a good like little primer, and uh, it it was. I would say it was very British, also, because <laughs> it it like started off by saying, "Hey, there's one nation that is number one when it comes to animation." Then it went, <laughs> "The United States of America, but Britain also does animation." <laughs> No, <laughs> so I thought that was quite funny. It was quite self-deprecating. You know, it was quite honest yeah. about that. Hey, British animation hasn't got a lot of money. <laughs> uh, yeah, and it it also it was good because it showed um like the influence of uh people born outside Britain to the British animation industry, mm. like um. I didn't even know about Lottie Renegar's British connection, to be honest. The um, the uh, really. the iconic um, uh, silhouette animator from Germany. Um, she um, escaped to the UK um, in the 30s, um, as she said, from the whole Hitler thing, as it described in the documentary. <laughs> um, and then after the war, she became a British citizen. So. Um, and also, like Richard Williams is another person who is a um, a big part of the scene over here, who's from the US, and he's also Canadian. He's, he's Canadian. Okay, sorry, don't want to make that mistake. Um, I know they get very upset. Um, Canadians, <laughs> that is, because um, <laughs> they people here people can't necessarily tell the difference. The accent. They go, Excuse me, I'm not American. I'm Canadian. How dare you! Uh, <laughs> we can't tell them apart. No, so it happens a lot, actually. Yeah, and also because there's quite a lot of Canadians like in Hollywood and stuff that people don't realise who are Canadian. Yeah. Um. So there was that, and also there was um, uh, like showed all different types of animation. Um, there was a nice little appearance from the guys from the Squiggly podcast. Shout out to. Ben and uh, Steve from there. <laughs> um, and also, but I will say one, obviously they did, odd, they covered Ardman quite a lot. Um, Good. 
it was kind of weird to do a history of British animation and not include small films, I have to say. Um, which is the people behind Bagpuss and Clangers and everything, mm-hmm. uh, which is very much a part of... To be fair to them, maybe, maybe the thinking was... You know, we've done an hour-long documentary about just those guys, and it's more about like independent animators, perhaps. But they are independent, really. <laughs> they were yeah. two blokes in a shed. No, I know. I yeah, but they're on the BBC, and I, I. That's a good point. That's a good point. They just sold to the BBC. They weren't owned by the BBC. They were just right. Okay, and I they sometimes know. sold to ITV. They were independent. So there, there you go. go. So it's, no, it's, it's, it's very cool to see Alison Batchelor being remembered, I think. Yes, with their first feature um, funded by the CIA, apparently. <laughs> yeah, a propaganda movie, but a bloody good one. Animal Farm, that is. Um, yeah. And I haven't watched it yet, but that was also accompanied by a whole evening of new animation commissioned by the BBC and the BFI called Animation 2018 that was a bunch of new talent who got animation commissioned and um if you're in the uk you can watch it all on bbc iplayer at the moment i think they're all separate so you have to like search for animation 18 rather than like watch it as a single program and watch it through and it's also available on the bfi player which i think is a paid subscription thing or if you pay by what you watch i'm not sure yeah um, it's a subscription thing yeah um yeah so i watched that that's good and i recommend it if you're in the uk uh i don't know how you can watch it if you're not but <laughs> i'm sure you'll find a way um i also watched an anime series i have i had watched some of before called cabinari of the iron fortress Oh, you fin- you finished that, didn't you? Also known as Zombie Train or Zombie Choo Choo or Zombies on a Train or <laughs> Zombies on the Line. Or... Attack on Train, Attack on Train with Trains. Attack on Train. Trainston. Attack, yeah. Attack on Trumpton. <laughs> or Thomas the Tank Engine meets Attack on Titan or whatever you want to call it. Um, Sounds like that Skyrim meme. <laughs> So it's, I took um, an arrow to the knee. So it's like feudal Japan, but steampunk, where there are zombies, basically. Great. <laughs> and trains. And trains, yes. That's just, and people live in like big fortress cities, and they move between in um, armored trains, armored steam trains. Um, and it was created by the people behind Attack on Titan, mm-hmm. which studio, and also it's the same... Uh, director as a lot of Attack on Titan so that makes sense and it's aesthetic then so it's a bit kind of like they were trying to like reverse engineer the success of Attack on Titan but it's also really entertaining so well that's good uh, it's because there is people on the train and there are zombies <laughs> it's fun and it also what else looks, can you want? it looks really good uh, the animation is gorgeous, which is not that biggest prize thing as Attack on Titan is also really good. Um, but like the character designs have got this really nice look to them with like, like the faces look really, they look really hand painted. I know that sounds a weird thing to say, <laughs> but they look sort of like they could come from an 80s or 90s thing. 
to me. Mm, and, they've kind of got an old-fashioned look to them. Yeah, and it turns out it's um, a character designer who did a lot of stuff like um, Gunbuster. Oh, and, yes! And Macross 2 and, and Megazone 23 and lots of like 80s and 90s stuff. So it made Oh, that's sense. excellent. That's excellent. So yeah, I recommend Kaminari if you like Attack on Titan and trains and zombies and who yeah i mean maybe it's not quite as good as train on is uh train to is it train to busan <laughs> the um korean zombie train movie because it's, it's a, apparently it's a whole sub sub genre now zombie train movie <laughs> <laughs> who'd have thought yeah well it is i guess so yeah uh i've published a review on the site if you want to read more and uh it's fun. Cool. Um, I guess there's, I'm just going to go really quickly through mine and some of the stuff we've already talked about on this podcast, but I just had a chance to watch. I've, it's been very important to have time to watch things in this particular season because it's, it's either I'm working, I'm watching something or I'm sleeping. Um, but, uh, there have been a few things I've had a chance to watch. I was able to, um, watch all of the Netflix's, uh, Shira, new uh, the latest of Shira, the Princess of pa- Princesses of Power, which is a wonderful show, and I know it's not made. It was not made with for people with my age range in mind, but I had a fun time regardless. It was very charming. The characters are wonderful. Um, I like the kind of back, you know, the way the the story that the at least the the relative plot that they set up for this first season, and they also they of how they're setting up for a second season. It's interesting. Like I, I, I found myself actually getting really pulled in, and I'm curious to see what's going to happen next. Um, and also how it's going to make me laugh because I, I look away for one second from while, while watching an episode, and then I turn my head back again. There's something new to make me laugh. So it's like it's 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 a good it's a good show to like regardless of your connection with if you were familiar with Shira growing up or if you're had never experienced it before. This is a really fun show to watch. Um, if you if you just like really good quality writing and animation, um, what else is I was going to mention? Um, I had a chance to rewatch Wally recently, which was a lot of fun. Um, it's it's been a long time since I've seen Wally. I don't think I've really had a chance to watch it since seeing it in theaters. And I had the very uh, fortunate time of actually watching it as part of a film study course, so we actually got to watch it on a big screen again, which was phenomenal. And um, got to really go in depth and discuss it. So I'm just, it was, it was good to revisit the film and what I really enjoyed the most about it, which was the, the love story, how they paced the love story between Wally and Eve was just fantastic. Um, so that was a thing that I watched. And there's one other thing. I'm sorry, I'm wrecking my brain to make sure I get it before I, it, I, it leaves my head. Uh, I think that was it. I don't think I have anything else. If there was something else, I think I've lost it. So I think I'm going to go ahead and maybe pass it on to someone else who might have something else to offer. Um, I'll, how about uh, Nina? Yeah, um, let's see. I also watched She-Ra, and it was fantastic, and it made me so happy. It's <laughs> <This is laughs> a fun show. It's just so fun, and there's so much passion and joy in the show and the characters are so fun and it just reminds me of being a little kid and the kinds of games that I would play with like my toys but like as a cartoon exactly (laughs) so I thought it was it's just it's 
it's awesome. And I was also really surprised by like the depth of characterization with like Katra and She-Ra's relationship. So I'm really- That was the major highlight of the show for me. For sure. So I'm like really looking forward to see how that kind of pans out. Um, let's see. I went to see Liz and the Bluebird in theaters. Oh. It was uh, very pretty. Um, uh, it was a nice little simple story. You know, the music was very good, obviously. Um, I like the little fantasy sequences when they're telling the story of, of Liz. Um, I'm not really familiar with sound euphonium, so all these characters were new to me, but you honestly don't have to have any familiarity with the franchise whatsoever. I wasn't confused at all. Um, yeah, I enjoyed it. I'm not the biggest um, KyoAni stan. I guess I, I'm, I don't know what it is about KyoAni, but I, I, I'm, I don't know. Like, I don't dislike it or anything. It's just kind of not for me. Uh, so it, it took me a little while to kind of get used to that very, like, soft, thin lines and the characters mm. kind of, they kind of, like, bob their heads a lot unnaturally to me like i find their their, their movement to not to be kind of strange um but it was nice it was a really lovely film um and i enjoyed watching it and i think that's about it for recently i haven't been watching too too much mm-hmm. but yeah I think that was the other one that I was trying to rack my brain to see, like, if I had watched, because it's been a while, like, I know there was a bunch of stuff I watched earlier in this, uh, in November, that I'd been meaning to talk about, but I, that, a lot of that early bit in November, I wasn't here for the podcast, I was like, okay, what did I watch that I know I saw, and like, oh, I did watch Blizz and the Bluebird as well, and very much the same way, like, I was, I had been actually been excited to see it, because of the fact that it was, you know, with that particular director, I hadn't seen a silent voice and I really wanted to kind of watch, have a chance to watch a film with that animation style, just so I can get a better idea of what it looks like outside of trailers. And yeah, I can, I can understand what you're talking about with the, uh, with that particular style. It, yeah, it's, it's with the way they, their heads move. It's sometimes it can see it's, it's like a, a very, it's like an exaggeration on how it's like that movement's actually supposed to look like. Could, could you even call it over animated? I honestly would because the momentum of it doesn't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah, um, I, it's it's yeah, that's interesting because it's sort of they developed that style on Kaon, I think, and Kaon was meant to be all exaggerated movement and like quite. This wasn't their intention, but like quite gifable. Oh little, yeah, little moments. Um, yeah, but I I like Naoko Yamada. I think she's one of the most interesting um yeah anime movie directors or you know just directors at the moment so yeah. um, i'm still looking forward to listening to bluebird but it does seem the, it does sound like it's uh, the sound design was incredible oh yeah for sure like not just the music but like the way that like sound effects were kind of became musical um like there's a really long opening sequence mm-hmm. of just like footsteps lasts very long maybe a little too long <laughs> but from a sound design perspective it's really fascinating mm-hmm. yeah for a small slice of life film it is uh anime film it's it's a it's a good one anything else uh, that's about it for me i think same darren anything uh, yeah, I got a few things. Uh, I saw Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, oh, I, I, have, I haven't seen it. 
yeah. Ralph breaks the internet or Wi-Fi Ralph as it's called in lots of places. Is it? Um, yeah, I think in Spanish speaking. Oh, that's bad. And in, and in lots of places in Europe, it's uh, it's Ralphtopia. Yeah, it's Ralphtopia. <laughs> Um, I think it's called Sugar Rush Online in Japan, which doesn't make any sense. Oh yeah, but Jap- Japanese titles are always different. Like, is it, what's the, the Fast and the Furious? What they're called Wild Seven, and oh, no, one like of them, that. one of them's called like Wild Seven's Sky Ride or something. They're amazing. Yeah, all about Japanese titles. I think like um, Hot Fuzz is an amazing one. I'll have to look that up. Anyway, um, yeah, so I saw that movie and I like it very much. Um, Yay. I like those characters and it's a great story. And like all the Disney movies of recent years, it's sort of, um, they get you in there with all of the, the funny things and the big colors and the spectacle. And they actually really try and tell an interesting story about, about friendship. Um, mm. which is kind of unique. And it's impressive that they managed to make it unique because it's, you know, they have a lot of movies under their belt and it still felt like something new. You know, like when, it, it's not as monumental as that, but you know when you saw Frozen and it was like, oh, this love story is about a family. Mm-hmm. Is that kind of nice little surprise. Anyway, I'm not going to spoil it too much because, um, you know, I wouldn't be popular if I did that. <laughs> I'd be less popular than I but am. But I, I do want to ask one question regarding that, though. Is it as self-aware as it makes itself out to be when it regards to the Disney oh, brand? Oh, okay. Yeah, well, the marketing is kind of um, interesting because it sells itself very much on what is actually just a very small section of the film. Mm-hmm. The whole sort of, hey, look at what Disney owns thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. The whole Disney website thing. Disney um, owns the universe. <laughs> yeah, and it's kind of like it's not um, intrusive. It wasn't intrusive to me. And it also wasn't entirely without commentary. Okay. Which was kind of interesting. Like, uh, I don't want to spoil it too much, but what they do is is the internet isn't shown it's shown quite, not plainly, but it's shown as not a bad thing and not a good thing. Good. It's like, there's plenty of fun to be had here, but there's also (laughs) plenty of, you know... Horrible people. (laughs) Horrible people and, like, pop-ups and, you know, it's like a busy city. Mm -hmm. A horrible, busy city. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I like that. Um, I saw, okay, I think this is relevant. I saw Mowgli. Oh yeah, the Netflix, uh, the Netflix, Netflix film. Yeah, Amazon of course, it's relevant. Movie, uh, relevant because it's predom- well, It's not predominant. It's a large section of it is mocap animation. Okay, all right. Um, it's like it, so as a movie, I really liked it. It's like a bloodier version of the Jungle Book. <laughs> so if you felt that like the John Favreau one was just a little bit too cutesy like this is gonna satisfy you hmm. um the mocap is interesting again if you weren't satisfied by the jungle book which went for a really naturalistic style um this is really expressive and the character design is very uh, stylized as well 
like Shere Khan is, he doesn't look like a tiger really at all. He's sort of like got a long square face and it's kind of, hmm. it's, it's expressive. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed it a lot. Um, Christian, I, I think my favorite thing was Christian Bale was blue. Kind of oh, perfect. I have no idea. I, I knew he was part of the cast, but I didn't realize yeah. which character he was playing. Oh my God, he's blue. It's perfect casting. Really? So, but when he starts going off and he keeps going, you and I are done professionally, and he just starts <laughs> ranting and raving. That would be a nice guy. Crazy. <laughs> You're a nice <laughs> guy, Shikai, but we are done professionally in my Con American accent, even though I'm from Cardiff or whatever. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry, I haven't seen it. <laughs> made that up. I really feel genuinely feel sorry for him that that got out because it's. I mean, that guy looked, wasn't the fault. <laughs> no. Yeah, exactly. Like, every, anybody, everyone on set would have been pissed off for what he did. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, so that was good. Mowgli was good. Um, I All really right. recommend it. I All really right. recommend it. And I hope that it's, um, yeah, just not forgotten because it's a good movie in its own right. Yeah, they're I'm really pushing on Netflix, so I'll, I'll definitely check it yeah. out. Yeah, the, the the only thing that actually disappointed me was you can't watch the Indian language version on from Netflix. Aww, I, lame. I saw lots of publicity about like how, how the Indian cast, like Bollywood stars, and um, like Anil Kapoor, I think, is in it. Um, mm. Yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, that was good. The other thing I saw which I'm not sure if we've spoken about at all, is there's a new Adult Swim show called The Shivering Truth. I don't recall us talking about that, so there I think this is this May. They released a trailer, like, maybe about a week ago. Mm-hmm. They released a trailer, and they started a very in a very Adult Swim move. They sort of... They released the whole thing online, but in lots of different places. So you have to sort of search for it if you wanted to watch it. So like some of it was on Vimeo, a full episode was on YouTube, another stuff was like unlisted on YouTube, but not, you know, not locked or anything. Anyway, um, it's kind of like a horror series. It's like a horror anthology show. Hmm. Um, stop motion. Ooh, horror stop motion is um, a good combo. It's called, yeah, it's called The Shivering Truth. And it's kind of... Um, it's like got this very unsettling sort of David Lynchy kind of um, Magritte like sort of surrealist thing going on, um, and like a very dark sense of humor. It reminds me. The thing it reminded me of most was there's a short called um, "For the Love of God." Have you ever seen that, Chris? "For the Love of God." No, I don't think so. It doesn't sound familiar. It's a short film that I think was made at the National Film and Television School by um, by a guy called Joe Tucker. Um, and uh, it's like just a very weird little disturbing um, story about about a guy who falls in love 
erotically <laughs> with God. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, that already to... sounds like a really funny, at least if, 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 interesting scenario. Like, Steve Coogan and Ian McKellen are in it. Anyway, it reminded the shivering truth reminded me a little bit of that sort of like very very dark sense of humor i'm looking at some pictures it looks reminds me of anomalisa is it oh is it it, um is it made by starburns starburns that's a good question i honestly don't know Hmm. um i think it's I'll have to watch this special featurette and see. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I honestly have no idea. But anyway, I watched the first episode and it was, it was good. I liked it. It was just creepy. Very sort of, um, not not cartoony. Like jump scares, or is it just like unsettling atmosphere? Yeah, it's unsettling stuff. Unsettling okay. and sort of like after a while, it might be kind of funny. Uh, because of how drawn out things are. Like almost like in a Kafka sense where things are just so horrifically bizarre that they're funny. Yes, exactly. That's actually perfect. Yeah, Kafka, yeah. Very sort of Kafka and um, yeah, I think that's actually a perfect explanation of the tone. Oh, then I'm um, sold then. I love that kind of stuff. Yeah, um, it, it was it was good. I, I, I liked the first episode. It was about a boy who bought a shell to class for show and tell, like a big conch. And he was like, oh, I can hear the sea. And then like he starts hearing this like this uh this couple arguing through the through the conch. And it's like his dad and his dad's girlfriend like arguing about about how pathetic this boy is and they think he can't hear him. And he's just oh. standing in front of his class. Oh, oh my lord! <laughs> yeah, that's very Kafka. Yeah, it's it, <laughs> it's kind of up my alley. It's not comfortable viewing at all. You'll have to watch a SpongeBob to sort of cleanse the palate afterwards. <laughs> but um, I recommend it. I'm I'm going to catch up with the rest sometime. Very it's, good. It's only only one episode so far. Like uh, maybe pilot. It's one episode, yeah, but they've sort of they've like released it. It's all online, but it's yeah, like on adults, at least the American AdultSwim.com. I see here they have one, two, the pilot, and six. (laughs) So I don't know. Yeah, that sounds like them. Yeah, yeah, it it absolutely is very them. Um, But that's all the animation I've seen this week. Okay. And I think that will wrap us up for this last news and what's cooler episode of the AFA podcast for 2018. And we will be back. We will be back soon with our anniversary episode. We will be back soon with a Christmassy episode and maybe something else, possibly. Who knows? Well, we we shall see how how this season goes, but we'll... We'll leave room for at least maybe one more episode before we break for the holidays, but we'll we'll make sure to keep you guys informed in the social, via social media. So, if you want to keep up with everything we are doing, you can find us on animationforadults.com. You can find us on Twitter at AFA Blog. Find us on Facebook, on Pinterest. 
we're on Tumblr. I know no one else is anymore, but we are. I, unless we've all been banned, I don't know. I haven't checked. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there was that one picture of you, Chris, which I think is going to be flagged. <laughs> With the um, female presenting nipples. Is that it? That's, that's, well, one, okay of the, because that's okay one of the lists. List there was it. an owl in the corner, which cancelled it out. <laughs> Did anyone else see that? No. <laughs> you can trick their algorithm by apparently, like, adding animals what i don't know it's bizarre the way it works i've seen people just draw animals that may be vaguely shaped like something inappropriate but not on purpose was it alex hush who said something like uh, uh tumblr have finally defeated their biggest enemy Tum- tumblr users <laughs> <laughs> it's a very self-destructive move yeah it's the most self-destructive thing we're also on Pinterest, on YouTube. Uh, you can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash animation for adults, or you can uh, buy us a virtual coffee on Ko-Fi. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Mr. Christor. Where can we find you, Dan? You can find me on Twitter at Hamu. Rachel? I'm on Twitter at Filthy Ninja. And Nina? I'm on Twitter at Ninian Ichi. Awesome. We will be back soon with lots more animation fun. We shall see you then, or we won't see you. You won't see us. You'll hear us. You know what we mean. We're out of here. Okay. <laughs> Just we out. We yeah. out. <laughs> see ya. Bye. Bye. A pig that was. I think my audio is breaking up, Chris. Hello? Audio is breaking up. Chris? Chris Tingle? (laughs) Dan, thank you for that (laughs) reference. Thank you, thank you, thank you. I'll send my voice to Chris, though. US as a. Chris, hold on. We can't hear you. Chris. Oh no. This Hello. is like this is like can you hear us? someone gets Hello. Stuck in the can you hear us? In the Digimon movie. I can hear you. Can you hear me? Okay. Yes, we, we can hear you now. Yeah. Okay. We what happened? Hear when, when, you, said. you didn't hear anything I said. Not. not really, sorry. What was the last thing you sad heard? Sad news. Sad news. Oh, okay. Sad news that I disappeared. Pretty, yeah, that's pretty much how it hurt. Yeah, how it, yeah I'm waiting with bated breath. Like, what happened? What happened? Sad news. I'm leaving you now. The 
the obviously the big one as far as animal animation i can't even say animation anymore what's going on (laughs) we've said it too much that's the problem the big one as far as cartoons are concerned (laughs) i haven't really woken up until i've had my mcdonald's breakfast deal and i know this is true because before breakfast i put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. McDonald's. I'm loving it.